Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in the house on this beautiful day. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored in our sixth season. Thank you for tuning in. This program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And I welcome you with an attitude of gratitude and hoping that you're making happiness your lifestyle and that you are becoming the CEO of your own body, knowing that you have the right to ask questions and get answers before you have anything done to it especially anything investigational or experimental. Grateful people are happier, less depressed, less stressed, more satisfied with their lives and social relationships. It looks like we have a poor internet connection, so I'm going to just check something before I continue. So... Gratitude, an attitude that is important for you because neuroscience reveals that gratitude literally rewires your brain to be happier. So as I mentioned the other day, I'm uh, honored uh, to be part of Feedspot. I received an email that said, uh, I would like to personally congratulate you as your website, Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored, has been selected by our panelists as one of the top 50 doctor podcasts on the web. So we did get a high five for that, and I do thank you. And I thank all the listeners for making this possible to be in the top 50. 
So let's just remember, ladies and gentlemen, we preach here to, to and talk on this program to give you uh, information so that you can get an education. You don't have to take everything I say as gospel. Please check it out. But I want to give you uh, information that you're not getting from the mainstream media, from your own doctor, from the bureaucratic physicians on television. We need you to use two powers. I've been talking about this for months now. Your logic, which grounds you and stabilizes you, allows you to analyze situations and see whether it's valid or not. And use your imaginations so you can be soaring and look for a great vision for your life and then get try to uh, work toward fulfilling that vision. So today's... Uh, topic today is uh, sleep. Okay, and we're going to get to that. And a lot has been happening in this in this arena. In fact, I got two uh, physicians called me this morning, and uh, they're going to try and book them on the podcast. uh, Because uh, this is turning out to be more important than I thought, uh, this topic of sleep. And uh, we're going to get to that in a second. But, you know, on Saturdays, we, we talk about the COVID injections and that they're not vaccines. So I ran across an interesting uh, analogy. I just want to pass this on to you before we get on with sleep. If there was a contraceptive vaccine, but before taking it, but after taking it, you know, there's a contraceptive vaccine. After you take it, you can still get pregnant. And you still had to wear a, a protection. Would you still take it? And really, that's been what, that summarizes what I have been telling you about this injection. You can still get the COVID. You can still transmit the COVID. And then you'll be transmitting it and you won't even know you're sick and you're going to give it to other people. So does this injection stop COVID? Absolutely not. Will it stop you from spreading it? Absolutely not. Has it been, has it been tested for long-term safety on humans? Absolutely not. Have there been any deaths and injuries? Yes. Are the makers of this vaccine liable for any damage or injury that is caused? Absolutely not. So that's where we are with that vaccine. So please uh, get educated. And uh, we'll have more on Saturday about some virologists that are uh, predicting that this vaccine could be Make it make it more deadly because it does not protect you against the mutated COVID, and therefore you'd be you would be spreading the mutated COVID. So this is really a, a story that's going to be uh, unfolding for the next year because uh, there have been no long term studies on a vaccine like this that's never been produced before. So is sleep essential? <clears throat> Do you think it's crucial to how you function every day? Do you think a lot of <clears throat> a lot of Americans are having trouble getting their Z's in, have chronic sleep conditions? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to start out by, I'm going to list 15 
consequences of not getting enough sleep. Hate to tell you this, you're going to be uglier. Oh, yeah, I know. You can get on me for that one. But, you know, because you're going to wake up in the morning with swollen eyes, pale skin, droopy corners of your mouth. That's if you stay awake for a long time without sleeping. All participants in a study that proved that were perceived as less healthier. They were sadder and more fatigued after a 31 period, a 31 hour period of sleeplessness. Well, you're going to be drunk, number two, not literally. But it has been estimated that 17 hours of sustained wakefulness was equivalent to drinking with a blood alcohol content of 0.05%. You'll be less innovative. Your chances of succeeding will be less if you are sleep deprived. You'll have a significantly reduced ability to come up with ideas. Your resting blood pressure will increase. You'll, you will be dumber and you won't be able to use your logic and reasoning to solve problems. Your immune system will, will, will be affected. So number six is you will get sick. It will make you more prone to disease and virus attacks. And related to number one, you will look older because of the excess cortisol your body will, will produce. You'll have more wrinkles and blemishes and less elasticity of your skin. Your sex drive will be affected. You can get fatter because of the cortisol. Research has shown that people who sleep less than four hours a day are more likely to be obese by an average of 73% over those who sleep normally. It's because of those pesky hormones. You will feel cold. That's number 10. Sleep deprivation slows your metabolism and lowers your body temperature. You'll have more of a chance to get depressed with mood swings. Again, because of those pesky hormones. You may damage your bones. Lots of animal studies have shown that when you stay in bed, your bone mineral density gets less. You may act more clumsy because lack of sleep compromises your balance and your depth perception. You could become emotionally volatile. And you will live shorter because numerous studies report that sleep deprivation causes increase in mortality even after adjusting for other medical conditions that affect sleep and death rates. A 2010 study established that men who slept for less than six hours a night were four times more likely to die over a 14-year period. And for you, 
for those that live in Pennsylvania, this came out of the Pennsylvania State University College of Medicine. So do you think we need a new uh, resolution about sleep? Do you think we ha we should take this more more serious? You know, there's an increased risk of diabetes because of the overweight. There's an increased risk of neurological problems from the depression we talked about to dementia and Alzheimer's. And it relates to the blood-brain barrier. We will talk about that today. How your gut is the largest hormone organ in your body. And when that, you don't get the proper amount of sleep, the microbiome changes, it allows toxics, toxins to enter. And it decreases the efficiency of your glymphatic system. We've talked about lymphatic system, but there's a glymphatic system that comes into play at night. because of your decreased immunity, you might be more prone to cancer. You know, melatonin is a, is a, is a heck of an antioxidant and has anti-cancer activity. And when you don't sleep, you don't have the melatonin that you need. You know, if you don't sleep, you may be more prone to have continuous pain from fibromyalgia. We talked about the premature aging because of the interference with growth hormone, normally released at night. You know, when your children are growing up and uh, all of a sudden they uh, sleep a lot and as they're growing, well, that's from that growth hormone. It comes out at night. And the neuropsychiatric effects are for real. The impaired memory the reduced ability to learn things. Slowed reaction time, like I talked about, like being somewhat drunk. Getting less than six hours of sleep leaves you impaired. In 2013, drowsy drivers caused 72,000 car accidents in which 800 Americans were killed and 44,000 injured. So it's important. And we're not going to be talking about sleeping pills as we get on with this uh, podcast. They, they are not the answer. So we don't want to be living on two planets, right? One where you get a great night's sleep and you feel phenomenal the next day and a second where you can't get a good night's sleep. And then the next day you feel like you're trudging through molasses. So how, what prevents us from getting a good night's sleep? Well, chronic daily stressors, children, aging parents, aging relatives, night shift workers and night shift schedules, excessive electromagnetic field exposures, how many times have, have we talked on this podcast and had guests talk on this podcast about turning your Wi-Fi off at night? And that includes your wireless printer, 
turn that Wi-Fi off at night, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, unhealthy food habits. You know, when we don't eat good, fresh food, we don't have the right minerals like magnesium. You know, when you get leg cramps and... Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about that. And of course, we've always we always talk about sugary foods and how they haven't been good for the pandemic, and they're not good uh, to help you sleep. And you know, then we pay the consequences of all the things we just talked about. So. Uh, we want to try and be able to sleep through the night. We want to try to relieve our stress. So one thing we could do that's kind of easy, we're exposed to a lot of blue light on a daily basis because a lot of us who stayed inside are exposed and have been exposed to these digital screens. These digital screens, be it your television, your uh, computer, your laptop, your phone, have blue light. It's part of the visible light spectrum, and that blue light suppresses melatonin. And what is melatonin? Our sleep hormone. And the other effects from the optometrist we've had on the program, you know, eye strain, macular cell damage, macular degeneration to be exact. Now, daytime exposure is not as bad, but it's still as harmful. But nighttime exposure just tricks your brain into thinking it's daytime. So it keeps your brain alert. So your brain can't shut down. You cannot relax before bedtime. So what, are the, what should we do? Well, blue light blocking glasses. Turn the TV and computer screens off at nine o'clock at night. What else interferes with our sleep? Eating too close to bedtime. So you don't want to eat too close to your bedtime because it affects the quality of your sleep. And there's some studies that show even if it, you don't think it affects you, you're probably going to wake up tired the next morning because your body has used some of its energy to digest that food that you put in. So a rule of thumb, don't eat for three to four hours before your bedtime. And you know, it's important because, you know, we don't want to get into that vicious cycle. Where you, you get a bad night's sleep, it affects your energy levels, and then you don't want to do anything, and then you can't sleep well again the next night, you don't exercise, you, you, it just throws your whole system off. Okay, so if you don't get a good night's sleep, you feel stressed, you're not going to want to take that, that walk in the park. You're not going to want to get outside. You're not going to want to ride on that stationary bicycle. But then you have another, another bad night. So some suggestions from one author is 
he, like I have said, darkness is a stimulator of that hormone melatonin. So turn off unused lights around the house, especially if they're LEDs. Go from light to dark before bedtime. Avoid those screens and wear your blue light blocking glasses. Or put one of those programs on your computer screens that block the blue light. You need some activity at night to help you wind down. It could be soothing music, hot bath, reading, meditating. Do not keep your electronics by your bed. Keep them outside your room and turn that Wi-Fi off. And try and get into some kind of routine where you do the same things every day before you're going to bed. Adjust your sleep temperature. According to sleep.org, the ideal temperature for sleep is 60 to 67 degrees Fahrenheit. It might be a little cold for you, but you know it, you can adjust it. That's just uh, what the studies show. So if it's sixty-nine or seventy, whatever it is, but it should be on that on the cool side. The rule of thumb is that sleeping in cooler temperatures is better for your sleep quality than a warmer temperature. That's the fact. So I read something that's interesting. I just want to pass it on to you. Uh, how do you know if you're getting enough sleep? Because the standard recommendation, what is it? Eight hours, seven to eight hours. Teenagers need more. And young t- young children even need more because they, they need that 11 hours because that growth hormone uh, is, is being secreted. So there's a guy named Mosley. Here's what he said. Conduct a sleep latency test. He says it's simple. He says, just go to your bed in the middle of the afternoon and time how long it takes you to fall asleep. You need a watch, a metal spoon, and a metal tray. Here's what he says to do. I have not tried this. Place the metal tray next to your bed. Lay down, hold the spoon in your hand so that when it falls, it will fall into the tray. When you start falling asleep, the muscles of your hand relax, causing the spoon to drop. The clanking will wake you up. Look at your watch and then see how long it took you to drift off. His conclusions are that if it takes you more than 15 minutes, you're getting enough sleep. If you fall asleep in less than 10 minutes, you're moderately sleep deprived. If you're falling asleep in five minutes, that is indicative of a severe sleep deprivation. So take a nap in the middle of the afternoon and see how how long it takes you to fall asleep. The quicker you fall asleep, the more sleep sleep deprived you are. And then you pay the prices for everything we just talked about. Because during sleep, so many great things happen to you. You know, we have that first stage of sleep that, but it's not the REM sleep, it's the light sleep. It's like stage one. Your body starts to slow down, but your brain is still active. 
you're drifting in and out of consciousness. Then you go to stage two where your brainwaves slow down. Then you get to stages three and four, the deep sleep, but still not REM sleep. These deeper stages put you almost in a coma-like state. But this is where the cleansing and detoxification takes place in your brain. You know, your brain cells actually shrink by 60% during this phase. So this creates more space between your cells, giving you that your cerebral spinal fluid more space to flush out the debris. That's where that glymphatic system enters. It carries all those toxins out of your brain and gets rid of them in your liver, your kidneys. And that's, and that's even before you get into the stage five REM sleep. Rapid eye movement sleep. That's where your dreaming takes place. So if you're not dreaming, you're not getting into the REM sleep. Now, in this phase, believe it or not, your brain is as active as it is during wakefulness, but your body is paralyzed. So you can't act out your dreams. I know it's frightening. I've, I've, when I was in practice, I've had patients tell me that their, their experience of sleep paralysis you, you, you get up, but your body's not responsive. But you have to be knowledgeable about it so you don't panic. Because after a couple of minutes, it all goes away. And these cycles occur multiple times throughout the night. And it's important that we cycle through these stages of sleep. When stages three and four are interrupted or missing, you know, you don't, you don't get rid of all those toxins. You, your brain stays a little bit clogged. And that's when you have that increased risk of Alzheimer's and dementia because you are not clearing those toxins, that aluminum, the glyphosate, the mercury out of our brains. So stages one through four, they, they're the ones that allow you to be refreshed in the morning Stage five basically is for your memory. All important and important that we cycle through them uh, throughout the night. And if I haven't mentioned it, I just want to be, I'm looking at my notes, but poor sleeping habits not only affects diabetes and weight, but it does affect your heart. There's an interesting study that found that poor sleeping habits excessively ages your heart. So if you have an older heart at a younger age, you know, you're going to have increased risk for heart disease. The people in the study who got seven hours of sleep each night had hearts showing signs of being 3.7 years older based on the biological age rather than their chronological age. age. People who regularly slept Either six or eight hours had hearts that were on average four and a half years older than their chronological age. While those who got just five hours or less of sleep each night had the oldest hearts. You have to have the, a good quality of sleep for those eight hours. So we talked about light. We talked about having a routine. 
we talked a little bit, and we'll talk a little bit more uh, about the the link between gut and sleep. Because what have we talked about for one year since this pandemic? You have to have a superior interior. You have to have a good immune system that an 80% of it is in your gut. And now there are numerous studies suggesting how insomnia is linked to the biological rhythms of your immune system. That your gut microbiome regulates your sleep and mental states because of this gut-brain axis. And this has been shown in animals before. But now mounting research is showing that your gut microbiome helps regulate not only your mood, because we know if you have an upset microbiome, you're more likely to be depressed, but also your sleep cycle. And it's a highway between your gut and your brain. Patients with Parkinson's disease. You know, they did an interesting study speaking about Parkinson's disease. They, they took animals and they cut their vagus nerve, you know, the long nerve of your body that goes from your gut to your brain and fed them all kinds of toxic material and none of them got Parkinson's. They left the, the vagus nerve intact, fed them the same toxic uh, soup and they got Parkinson's. So there is a, a highway between your gut and your brain. And your gut bacteria can influence how your brain functions. And especially now we're talking about sleep. So your largest organ of your body is what? Your skin. Your largest endocrine organ in your body? Your intestines. Okay. This vagus nerve pathway is so important. These metabolites, these toxins that are produced by your gut microbiome can enter your brain through this vagus nerve. That's if they're diseased. Okay, so... Um, so it's important to have a good microbiome, right? You know, I like my uh, megaspores. I like spore biotics. And I see that Dr. Joe Marcola last week is now recommending spore biotics. I hope he's listening to my podcast. You have to have a superior interior. And the more diverse and, and normal your uh, Bacteria are in your gut, the better your quality of sleep. I mean, I could quote you study upon study, but that's the bottom line of it all. So we want to get a good night's sleep. So we don't have all these problems we were talking about. We want to live longer and we want to die old, but at a young age. We want to be young when we die. We want to be 
you know, just uh, blow out the candle. And we're going to do that. One of the ways we do that is get a good night's sleep. So what are, what are some guidelines that I can give you? For especially considering that lack of sleep influences the top two killers in the U.S., right? Heart disease and cancer. Now, there were 300 studies that were, were reviewed for what I'm going to tell you. This is for if you're generally healthy and not post-surgical or pregnant. Well, newborns require the most sleep, 14 to 17 hours. Infants, 12 to 15 hours. Toddlers, 11 to 14 hours. But let's get to adult, teenagers. Well, we, we said they are 14 to 17. They need 8 to 10 hours because they have that growth hormone. But adults, 18 to 64, 7 to 9. Over 65, 7 to 8 hours of sleep. Okay. The more you sleep, the, the more unhealthy you will be. So, a study that uh, was reported on this morning, 76% of Americans say their daily life has been interrupted by a lack of sleep in the past month. Money was the number one thing that kept people up at night. 63%, that's two-thirds of Americans, take something to help them sleep. That, and 23% take prescription sleeping pills. 12% use marijuana or CBC and 10% turn to alcohol. 33% have sought medical help for sleep-related issues during the past year. So we're going to try and have the author of that study on. Uh, at a, if, it would, if not next week, uh, it, quite soon thereafter. So we want to keep our, our gut healthy. We want to eat fermented foods, avoid antibiotics uh, when possible. If you can afford it, have grain-fed beef. Make sure you have uh, enough fiber in your diet. And I guess I should mention fluoride in the water because fluoride has been shown to increase calcification in your pineal gland. And that's where your melatonin comes from. So the more calcified it is, the worse it is, right? So we want to try and avoid or filter out chlorinated or fluorinated, chlorine or fluorine, fluorine in our waters. And something no one else is going to tell you. You know, it's important to get some get some dirt on your hands. You know, like the old days when everybody used to garden. That really does strengthen your immune system, gives you great immunity against disease. I don't know how else you get your hands dirty today except in a garden because if you're on a golf course, you're getting all the chemicals uh, also. So if you have a, a garden, it might not be a bad idea to get your hands a little bit dirty. And that way you can avoid eating all that sugar that's in those processed foods. You know, the, and, and uh, you know, gosh, you can't even believe it's in processed foods, right? Polysorbate 80, lecithin, carrageen, polyglycerols, xanthan gum. GMOs, glyphosate, artificial sweeteners. And if possible, open your windows. 
if you have if you have a problem with allergies, I'll, I might tell you something about that at the end of the program. But it, you know, open your windows because we spend uh, we spend and have spent this past year too much of our time indoors. You know, there's research actually on this on this subject that opening a window and increasing natural inflow can improve the diversity and health of microbes in your home, which in turn benefit you. And this antibacterial soap and antibacterial everything, it, it kills both good and bad bacteria. So that leads to antibiotic resistance, huh? So is, you want to think about your gut and you want to avoid sleeping pills. They are not a good solution in the long term because you build up a tolerance to them. And then you, and you end up needing higher and higher doses to get the same effect. And you know what the Zolbiderm um, Zol is number one, like, um, oh gosh, I can't think of the trade name. Uh, begins with an A, I'll think of it in a second. But just, it just, that is not, not the answer. We need to reset those body clocks. We need to get into a routine. We need to get rid of that blue light at night, not eat three to four hours before uh, you go to bed. And what about those electronic screens in your bedroom, those TVs, the laptops? They have to go. And don't forget, you know, a simple thing like taking a hot bath or shower an hour before you go to bed, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. So how about, let's talk a little bit about melatonin because that is the, everybody's talking about melatonin. I've done multiple programs on melatonin. It is an incredible antioxidant. Incredible antioxidant. So remember, I said melatonin is a hormone secreted by the pineal gland in the brain. It helps regulate other hormones and maintains your body's rhythm. This circadian rhythm is a clock, right? A 24-hour clock keeps your system in play. It determines, determines when you fall asleep and when you wake up. And what stimulates melatonin production, ladies and gentlemen? It is darkness. What suppresses it? Light. So exposure to excessive light in the evening or too little light during the day can disrupt this cycle. Electromagnetic fields can disrupt this cycle. Studies, multiple studies, show that melatonin, melatonin supplements help induce sleep in people with disrupted rhythms, those suffering from jet lag and so forth, or night shift workers. You know, as you get older, you have less melatonin too. That's another reason to supplement with it.
And they have done studies where they've given people melatonin and given others uh, placebos. Melatonin won out. I mean, they, they, the people that took the melatonin actually fell asleep earlier. So, yes, you can take melatonin at night. You just start out with a lower dose, like three milligrams, and you can work up to 10 milligrams. You need to have a, a, a good body temperature, right, when you sleep while you're taking melatonin. So let me just tell you about melatonin. How, how do you produce it naturally? Well, amino acid proteins that are high in tryptophan. You know, when you have your turkey dinner at uh, Thanksgiving, you get a little bit sleepy. That's because turkey meat has a lot of tryptophan, but also poultry, cheese, nuts, certain foods, even bacon. Convert to serotonin, which converts to melatonin. That should be a song, right? Serotonin to melatonin, so you can sleep. So help your body create melatonin naturally by eating foods high in tryptophan. Number two, stabilize your blood sugar before you go into bed. So you don't wake up in the middle of the night. So you're not going to like this one. Ditch the sugars and alcohol before bed. Opt for a high-protein snack or some herbal tea. And we've already talked about how exercise during the day, especially out in the sun, will help with melatonin production at night. Soaking in the sunlight. If you can't do that, you need a red light lamp or an SAD lamp. That's a seasonal affective disorder lamp. So you can get your, that'll help to, uh, to uh, absorb vitamin D and that'll help with melatonin. And melatonin is really safe. And if you, you know, some people take alcohol with it, but you know, the alcohol is not going to affect the melatonin, but it may affect your blood sugar because alcohol decreases your blood sugar. It may make you hungry and, sh and uh, wake you up at night. But on the other hand, if you want to uh, try and uh, may have an excuse for taking that drink with melatonin, research shows that supplementing with the sleep hormone melatonin not only promotes more restful sleep at night, but it appears that it has a key role in glucose metabolism and keeps your glucose stable at night. So, so it is a powerful antioxidant. It's a powerful anti-inflammatory and it's inexpensive. So, um, yes, you can have some alcohol with your melatonin. You know, just again, don't abuse it. So we don't want, we, we, I talked to you about what sleep deprivation can do to you. It actually can make you, make you uh, much, make you older and sicker. We want to do avoid though too much alcohol.
because it will harm your sleep. It'll it'll affect that REM sleep. We talked about that that deep restorative sleep where you where you dream. And of course, it'll make you get up at night to urinate because of the, its effect on other hormones called ADH. But that's another story. So that other and that uh, drug I couldn't think of before was Ativan. That's the most popularly prescribed drug. But if you remember, four years ago, I told you that Ativan can promote aortic uh, aneurysm. So please, please be careful. And you won't hear that by, from too many people because they haven't taken the time to read that package insert with that small, with that small print. Try and please don't take uh, Ativan. So uh, let me just look at my notes. Well, we didn't get into progesterone. That's that's just another another podcast. Dr. Ray Pete has done magnificent work and and uh, writings on progesterone, and we probably don't talk about it because progesterone is one of those hormones that men and women can take that puts out the fire in your brain, the inflammation in your brain, and naturally fights depression and small vessel disease in your brain. But we really don't talk about it. We talk about it in relation to women, but men need it also. Much lower doses, but men need it. I forgot to mention caffeine. You know, you don't want to have caffeine uh, at least after three or four o'clock in the afternoon because it will affect your sleep. And if you're having a lot of cramps at night, I sort of alluded to it. Uh, magnesium is really important if you're having leg cramps. Some people describe magnesium this way, nature's Valium. I, I think that's a good way to think about magnesium because it relaxes both your body and your mind. And if you're low in magnesium, that'll, that by itself can be a cause for insomnia. And, and the, with the typical American diet, most people are deficient in magnesium. You know where, where magnesium lives? It lives inside the chlorof chlorophyll molecule. That's what gives vegetables are that nice green color. So magnesium, in, 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 in effect, is captured by the sunlight. So... It's hard to have normal magnesium levels, but um, if you're having a lot of cramps, you can take supplements up to 200 milligrams a day, I would say. And if you're having trouble, you're taking melatonin, you're still not sleeping and you're getting cramps, you might be deficient in magnesium. And now, you know, with the uh, endocannabinoid system, which is a huge system and it's one that can that we talk about when we talk about cannabidiol, the CBDs, you know, the, that, that system, uh, when you supplement with CBDs, that is anti-inflammatory. And they actually have gummies out now. And can you take CBD and melatonin? Absolutely. And there are Chinese formulas that I could tell you about, but I'm, I have not tried them and have not had any guests that have a, any experience with them. 
And the other side of the coin before we leave, you know, too much sleep isn't any better than not enough sleep because both too much sleep and shorter sleep are associated with a higher mortality. So sleeping too much turns out to be just as detrimental as sleeping too little. I guess, you know, there's that girl Goldilocks. You need to find the optimal amount of sleep that works best for you. And you have to live a lifestyle that is promoted that, that can promote sleep. Like when you don't eat enough, you, you, you get rid of that junk food, you limit alcohol and caffeine, you get, you have good sun exposure, you cut off those EMFs. Sleep in a room as dark as possible. And remember, we are all individuals. One or more of these things may not work for you, but you have to uh, you have to work that out. But th this is a general rule what I'm t talking to you about. And don't when you go to sleep, please don't worry whether you're going to sleep or not. That's called sleep performance anxiety. Just go to bed, meditate. So all you have to do is sleep better is a title of another article that came in this morning that tells you that your mornings do count. And that gets your gets the momentum going through the day. And you know, if you've been if you can exercise and stay active during the day, you'll set yourself up for a good night's sleep. So a little bit about sleep today. We'll have some guests on uh, to talk about. This study that was done, uh, that I gave you some statistics on, the Value Penguins survey of more than a 1,000 uh, respondents found that 86% of Americans have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep at least once a week. So we want to talk to him. want to see uh, if he can give us any insight into that uh, that study he just produced today. We want to live longer, ladies and gentlemen. We want to be young as we live older. So um, another study that just came up, how sleeping with a TV on could age you prematurely. Flat screens, laptops, tablets, or cell phones. I'm just summarizing because I haven't had the time to read it here, but it says we are finding out that it can actually cut your life short. This study on fruit flies found that 12 hours of blue light shortened lifespan by 10%. Test subjects exposed to the blue light we talked about exhibited eye damage, macular degeneration, neurodegeneration. and motor impairments. So I think we're on the right track if we uh, get a good night's sleep. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Just having a little discussion about sleep and how too much or too little has the same effect. And if you don't 
have the proper amount of sleep and get into that deep sleep, you're going to decrease your lifespan and have a host of medical conditions that you'll have to deal with. So uh, that's it for today. Uh, tune in Saturday when we'll talk more about uh, what's going on with the COVID situation. It is, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to say it anymore. Uh, really dangerous with this injection. Top vaccine scientists are warning the world to stop all the vaccinations, that these vaccinations will make the vaccine, the people who are vaccinated transmit the, the uh, variant of the COVID. And they will be the main transmitters of the disease. So uh, we'll talk about that on Saturday. Okay, Dr. Ron signing out. Have a great time. You can listen to us on Alexa, on Spotify. Even just 10, 10 seconds of Spotify will give us a rating, so I appreciate that. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. I think we're on Pandora now. So um, any place you want to re reach us, or right here on Podbean. Right here on Podbean, docronradio.podbean.com. You'll have all the of the podcasts. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, making us the, one of the top 50 podcasts on the internet. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. And let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week